The week is almost over, so pour that coffee. And let's discuss what's going on in Milwaukee, Madison, Washington, and beyond. It's the Political Power Hour on WTMJ Now. Joining Steve Scafidi, here's Joe Sapecki and Bill McCaution. Should we talk about the government? Oh, yeah. These guys looking, well, Joe's looking like Joe's Christmas. looking good. Yeah, he's yeah. got the hat on. Ho, ho, ho. You might want to tune in on YouTube to see this. Yes. Yeah. You got to find it. Uh, is that an ugly sweater or just a sweater? This is a sweater to remind people to, yeah. that they can't just leave out the leftover Halloween candy for the reindeer and or unicorns, whoever it is that pulls Santa's sleigh. How would we know? We've never seen it. Mm. But I've heard that if, if it's old candy, it doesn't agree with the sleigh pullers. And they can. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's vomiting I, the candy. Out. It's sort of oh, like Chipotle the, for the reindeer. See, yeah. Oh, it's a unicorn vomiting candy. Yeah, that, that's your. Yeah, theme make sure of it's your fresh candy. Interesting take on fresh Christmas and holidays. Too. Fresh cookies. All right. Fresh so, candy. real quick story. I was out in Delfield yesterday for a kids to kids uh, toy drive and uh, did a live broadcast. And I, I often say like to my audience, I love different hours on the show. And I, I apparently said Wednesday that the Ask Steve Anything was my favorite hour of the week. So a listener comes up yesterday and she goes, wait a second, you've said on the air, I I think I could probably find it in your podcast, that the political power hour is your favorite hour. Yes, it is my favorite hour. I was just being being (laughs) self-serving in my desire to uh, please the audience. And uh, and to get more Toys for Tots, and that's a noble endeavor. And I I was amazed because I'm I'm actually doing the Ring the Bell thing this afternoon in Oak Creek, Howell Avenue, Pick and Save. Uh, South Howell Avenue, two to four. My wife Kathy and I will be uh, getting your donations for the Salvation Army and all the great things they do with the, with those funds. Um, but uh, people were so nice, and I, I'm looking at the cash box because there's a toy bin and the cash box. It's not ones; it's twenties. Love that. Like bunches of tw- like people were so maybe Delafield's rocking it out there. Maybe they're not feeling the economy. Yeah, nice segue into the oh, conversation oh, about the there economy. It was, yeah. There it was. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> so one more quick story. Um, my friend Brian Frail and I were going back and forth about, you know, I, I said all the doom and gloomers out there, they had to, like, bite their lips and bite their tongue a little bit because there was some really good economic news. And, by the way, if you haven't looked at your 401k recently or, or your financial investments, you might want to take a gander over there because it's pretty good. All-time high yes. for the Dow this week. So All-time, ever. I was reminded by my friend, Republican strategist Brian Fraley. So you're saying everything's fine. I, I didn't say that. <laughs> I said, there's good news. We should cheer good news. Shouldn't we, Bill McCosh? We should cheer good news. Each and every time. If if the economy gets better, uh, it should benefit everyone, and largely does. There are, sadly, for the Democrats, there's a serious disconnect right now between what is actually going on in the economy and what people perceive or what they believe about the economy. And that's where it's hurting Joe Biden. But a lot of these economic indicators take some time to kick in. So, you know, by next summer, will people still have a disconnect between how they feel about the economy and Joe Biden? We'll see. Let me ask it this way for both you guys. How much does a president have to do with these these numbers? I know they talk about this stuff all the time. Bidenomics or everything sucks in the economy if you're on the other side. How much does the president have to do with this? Some, not a ton. Very uh, little. You know, same thing with governors, and Lord knows we've lived through this conversation in Wisconsin in the last 15 years. You know, politicians probably get too much credit when the economy is good and probably get too much blame when it's bad. I, I just want to share a couple other numbers because it's not just the Dow, and not everybody is in the market, right? 
But you're in the season of giving. Is this, is this <laughs> what right. this is about? More numbers about the economy. <laughs> the economy is uh, pecky. Third quarter, five point two percent GDP growth. I mean, that's like that is cooking with gas. Inflation was zero in October, point one percent in November. Rents are declining. Groceries are only up one point seven percent. That's down from the trajectory that they were on. And so, across the you know across the board. Unemployment, job growth, new business starts. The economy is doing better than people believe it is. Next week, Joe Biden will be in Wisconsin to deliver exactly that message. And that's what Republicans have to watch out for. Number one is the economy is getting better. Number two, they sort of like blew it all. They, when they go out there and, and speak in hyperbole and say, Joe Biden's driving the American economy into a ditch, all this spending. And then it goes, well, actually, the the doom didn't come to pass. We're in a pretty good shape. They lose credibility with the American people. Bill, can we cheerlead for bad news when, when we have a political, a huge political year coming? Is that what this is? Are we just cheerleading for bad news from the Republican side, a conservative side? I think we're reinforcing what people believe, right? On, on the two-thirds of Americans want uh, think the country's heading in the wrong direction. 60% don't want Joe Biden to run for re-election. About the same number don't want Donald Trump to run for re-election, but yet here we are. Those two guys are likely to face off against one another. So, you know, economic good news is good for everybody, but there's a political piece of this, right? How does it play into the political dynamic? How can it be used in a campaign? And, and until, unless and until a voter feels it, it won't work to Joe Biden's benefit, right? Donald Trump will be able to say, were you better off when I was president? And most people will say, yeah, I think I was. I think I was. Right. And so it's a perception thing. So that's frankly Donald Trump's strongest argument right now. Were you better off and was the world a safer place when I was in, in charge? With uh, the caveat of were you better off before the coronavirus pandemic that I botched the response to and the economy? You, know, you and I agree on that. Yeah, like, you and I so. agree on that. And and I've said this many, many times. I'd prefer a, a generational change and. and uh, someone more conservative, but that that's not the direction we're heading at this point. Bill McCosh and Joseph Pecky, our political power hour here on 620 WTMJ. If you have a thought, the uh, old National Bank talking text line, wide open, 855-616-1620. We'll stay on this for a little bit more, and then we'll shift to a big Supreme Court decision here and the U.S. Supreme Court on a couple big, big cases they're in front of them now on immunity and obstruction of justice. All of that and more. Bill and Joe, join us on WTMJ now. It's a sad song. It's a sad Christmas song because he gave her heart is away. Charlie feeling blue in there what? today, or I don't know. He is. I mean, you can't see Charlie. He has a like a, an outfit on. He's got the the tie and the jackets, and I've never been that well dressed in my life. Not no. just in this studio. Charlie, Charlie looks all grown up today. Last day. Yeah. The, hey, the kid has grown. The kid producer has grown up. I don't know what to say. You look. You look. He walked in. I'm go. Wow. It was a stunner. So if, if you get a chance. I don't know how you could do this. Maybe you'll walk in the studio. Maybe you'll walk in when Wagner's doing his show, which is the the finale of a 25-year career at WTMJ. And, you know, I love Jeff, and he's been so fun to work with. We're going to miss him. Really? 25 years? 25 years. You know what that means? His first show, I couldn't legally drive. I could. <laughs> really? Yeah. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed yeah. that, Bill Makashi. Yeah. So, so we're, we're, we're talking during the break about the, the economic Good news, and I'm and I'm asking you guys uh, voices you trust on this issue because, and basically the question is, 
You're not trusting elected officials on there. That's my point. That's what I was yeah. saying last night on social media. I'm not trusting anybody that's elected official because they are, they're just spinning it. Who do you believe? The, the statistics, the raw data, or your lion eyes? Yeah. Right? So, and oh, by the way, the Fed said next year rates may be coming down. I was just going to make that point. I think the Fed still has some pull as an institution and should have some credibility. It's one of those that historically, before Trump, really was tried to keep at a remove from politics. And the Fed signaled that interest rates will come down next year, which, you know, a little over a year ago, what the Fed was mostly concerned about was a recession by this point. Yeah. And and that was like a a year ago, the betting money, everybody was saying there will be a recession. It will be bad. And it turns out that the combination of, you know, policies from the Fed, policies by the federal government, you know, the resilience of the American workforce, entrepreneurs, no recession. Like the 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 Fed's decision to say we're likely to lower interest rates next year is a admission by them that that fear should be put to rest for now. It's okay to say that things, these numbers, these trends are good. It doesn't mean everything's okay. Yeah. Right. Energy costs are way up. The cost of vehicles, mortgages uh, are way up. Mortgages. Rents are way up, even despite uh, Joe's earlier it's, statistics. Well, but st- I mean, but starting to go in the right direction. Yes. Right. So let's not get too crazy here. I understand that there's an election happening next year, and we're going to spin like like nobody's business. But at some point, good news is good news. Yeah, I think the people you have to avoid listening to are the talking heads, whether you listen to MSNBC or CNN or or Fox, for that matter, that that are pundits. They are they're not economists. I think right? I heard one of their announcers gulp when the market hit thirty seven thousand. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think you ought to listen to politicians from either side because it's they're not their area of expertise and they're going to spin the facts that work to their political advantage. So, so I like guys like us. Yeah, that's right. Listen to the political power <laughs> hour on Friday and you'll know what you need to know. Uh from the text line, the old National Bank talking text line, Steve Joe just used the cooking with gas expression again, which is not good for the Democrats. I see. That's, that's a that is an astute texture. Ooh, a very, there are layers is. to that joke. <laughs> it is. What do you mean? Not that that was on our agenda, but what do you make of that whole thing with the gas stoves and all that? Like seriously, leave just, our stoves alone, Joe. Especially when the the vice president has a gas stove. In As I just pointed out, this is like no, like this is what's hilarious is a single bureaucrat writes on a you know a piece of paper a memo one idea for how to reduce carbon emissions. And the next thing you know, Republicans would have you believe it is the policy of every Democrat in the country to t- come to come into your house and forcibly remove your gas stove. Well, because the former mayor IRS, of New York made with it with an policy. IRS agent yeah. standing over their shoulder. There was like, what Bill just on. said. I mean, that was a real thing. Yeah, the, the former mayor of New York made it policy. This yeah. ain't New York, right. I, and that's what I'm saying. My point is, listen, there are lots of ideas for ways to reduce our carbon footprint. Things that sound crazy today 10 or 15 years from now maybe we'll come up with a whole better way you know one of those ideas was stop eating steak keep nope. your dirty stick no and hands off my ribeye <laughs> steak no, you're no, that's right no no chance no that's not gonna happen all right i'm gonna take a break early because i want you to i'm gonna surprise you with the topic oh but i'm gonna ooh. tell you what the topic is not much of a in, surprise in your minds to these <laughs> two brilliant minds left right liberal conservative democrat republican what was the biggest political story of this year, because this is our last show this year. I'm surprising you with this, so take three minutes to think about it, and then come back with your best possible answer. Biggest political could be Wisconsin, national, international, whatever. We'll find out. Not and not the war in Gaza. That that's an easy one. Think harder than that. Bill and Joe, look how I'm yelling at these guys. Bill and Joe, political power hour on WTMJ now. You can't hide your 
I can't tell if Charlie's telling us something. Or... They might, you must be going to Joe first. You can't hide your lion eyes. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Joseph Hackey. <laughs> you set me up, Charlie. Political yeah. power hour. So your biggest political stories or story of 2023. So uh, one state and one national. Yeah. At the state level, I think the biggest story, without question, is the trans, the sort of balance of power shifting on the Wisconsin State Supreme Court after the April election of Janet Protosiewicz. We don't know what all of the implications for that will be, and we know that it is the first time there has been anything other than a conservative majority for a good long time, almost 15 years if memory serves. So that's my big one at the state level. At the national level, I, I also think it's a relatively straightforward pick for me, which is the indictments of former President Donald Trump. There's just no question that the first time... A, f- a former president or a sitting president is indicted for federal crimes. And when he racks up 91 of them over the course of a year through the different investigations and, and challenges that he is now facing in court, this is the kind of thing that will reverberate through history. You know, 50 years from now, there may not be an entire chapter on this in the history books, but it's at minimum going to be a considerable portion of of a chapter. Yeah, taught in civics classes in high schools around this country forever. So my state one is the rejuvenation of Milwaukee. If you think about what has all happened in 2023, we were awarded the Republican National Convention for July of 2024. Milwaukee got a historic shared revenue agreement with the Republican majorities in the legislature. They just got a historic brewers package through uh, you know, this is a city on the move. And I th- think the people that get credit for that are Mayor Cavalier Johnson, County Executive David Crowley, Speaker Robin Voss and Majority Leader Devin Lemahue. And yes, the governor was involved in all of those deals. Uh, but we haven't had that kind of leadership from Milwaukee that could connect with Madison, particularly when Republicans are in charge in my lifetime. So kudos to Milwaukee and the leadership. And I, I think Milwaukee really is the the story of 23 at the local level on the national level. I would say it was the ouster of the uh, Speaker of the House, not the shortest serving speaker in U.S. history, but pretty close after 15 votes to get the the nod to be the speaker. He got knifed by his own team. Eight guys, uh, eight people uh, sided with uh, 212 Democrats and took out Kevin McCarthy. It, it was it was a disgusting uh, performance by eight people who know nothing about getting or keeping a majority, yet here we are. And I, I wish Mike Johnson well. I'm, I wish Kevin McCarthy well in the private sector. He's now leaving Congress. But I've never seen a dumber thing happen at the federal level, at least as it relates to my party. Does McCarthy get a painting, do you think, in the Speaker's lottery? <laughs> sure, sure he does. does. He yeah, was there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I, just like, what's the minimum time? His is may it, have the Rogers <laughs> belt on it because it took him 15 rounds to win If you're Speaker it. for five minutes, do yeah. you get right? Like, does Patrick McHenry, the guy who was the Speaker for three weeks while they settled Mr. on Bowtie, Mike Johnson? leaving, too. Yeah. Uh, we know that McCarthy got a farewell address, which he delivered this week. Yes. I thought it was pretty good. Did you I, didn't, to I didn't see it. I just thought it was a little bizarre that it, it was it may if you're a Republican, you have to think about what he said. He said, when I got here, it looked like a white country club on our side of the aisle. Yeah. And when I left, it looked a lot more like America. And I thought that's a pretty profound thing to say and, and good for him. What do you think of the job Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, has done so far? I think he's off to a good start. I mean, he doesn't he's had to deal with Democrats. Shocking when you have divided government and only a couple uh, 
seat majority. Now he's down to two, really. He's got a dangerous majority. He's got a dangerous somebody majority. somebody gets sick or dies, he doesn't have a majority. It's the reality of government. Republicans aren't going to get everything they want with that slim of a majority because it means they have to keep all of their members on every single vote. And the vote to take out Kevin McCarthy's proof they can't do that. And real, you, you didn't ask for my opinion on, on the biggest story, but it, I'm, I'm, I like the positive. It's kind of the mission statement of my show. And mine is the, the work that was done in the state, kind of hitting on what about the, the re, reemergence of Milwaukee, the shared revenue bill, Brewer's package, and maybe some other things that they have in their works that will actually get some uh, compromise and some um, common sense back in the work of the people. And it's a great American city where they'll still pick up your Christmas tree. Yes. What do you I think about that, that one? Was that crazy? It was like the DPW guys didn't think about it for a while. And they, it, oh, wait, we can't do that anymore. It's like our world in a nutshell. What a great microcosm <laughs> of, like you know, 10 months ago, one government body says one thing. Yeah. The other government body thinks they've handled it and dealt with it. They forget to tell, you know, the elected people who are responsive to the people. Crazy. You're gonna, crazy your crazy. Christmas tree will be picked up if you live in the city of Milwaukee. That's what you need to know. And you know what? You can get a fake tree. You never have to worry about it. I know because I have eight fake trees in my house. One up from last year. We've we've upped the ante. Wait, real tree or fake? fake. Tree? Uh, we used to when the kids were little. We did real, and then uh, it got to be too much of a pain, so we're we're fake. You know when we decided the one year she put me in charge of getting the Christmas tree, and I heard nothing but you know what? <laughs> I said I'm done with this. I'm not taking that. Kind of, it's a Christmas tree for Pete's sake. You put a billion yeah. ornaments on it, and you can't even see what the tree looks like. Yeah. Okay. And then I forgot to water it, and you know. Yeah. The, that being said, love you, honey. We're a real, yeah, yeah, we're a real tree family. <laughs> Bill McCosh and Joseph Pecky, political power. After the break, let's hear from the Supremes, not the music Supremes, but the, the legalese Supremes. After this. Rainbows and roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper colors and warm Just set the mood, the holiday mood here with uh, Bill McCosh and public strategist, Joseph Pecky, democratic strategist and all-around smart guys. Our last show of 2023, they'll be back in 2024 as we ramp up to the big election. All right, so the I had Rick Essenberg on from Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty yesterday <laughs> talking about the decision of the, the highest court in our land, the U.S. Supreme Court, to weigh these really important concerns in the, in the lower courts about things like obstruction of justice and immunity. We can take it a couple different ways. One, the fact that they took them up means this is serious business. And two, I'll, I guess I'll ask you, Bill, how does this, if they say the president is immune, are we done with this stuff? I mean, is, is is it that serious? If they say the president is immune from being uh, charged with these crimes, does that change the whole ballgame? I think it does. I don't know that it changes every one of the indictments against him, but it's probably not classified documents. But. Yeah, but it certainly changes the rest of them and not what's going on in New York. But I think that's ultimately going to he's going to win that because I think it was the most frivolous of the lawsuits. Do you think he's going to win that case? The valuation stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. I do. But it's already been decided. It's just a question of the, how much the judgment is going to be for he, He's already lost it. He's going to appeal, and he's going to end up winning. Okay. He's going to win. So um, I think it is big. What The fact that they were willing to take these cases, they, they are the final say. There's no appeal after them. So uh, if they say he's got immunity, changes the math in his favor, at least uh, to a certain degree. Does it slow it, down the – If they say he pace? doesn't, you know, then you can only imagine what Trump's going to say about his own appointees on the United States Supreme Court. There's a 6-3 conservative majority right now. He appointed three of them, which no president's ever been able to do in a single term before. Essenberg said this to me yesterday. Sometimes they're not justices. They're just lawyers, and they look at the law. That That's the only thing I could— they Well, would, that was what you would hope. Yes, right? Yeah, of course that. But we always sometimes wonder about that with 
state and U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah, so I, I, I wouldn't even predict how they're going to come down on I don't it, but I don't think either. it'll be 6-3. I've heard a couple of fun um, questions this week around the question of presidential immunity, and I want to pose them to you guys. And just They have no idea this is coming. Can the president of the United States walk upstairs into the residence, shoot his wife in the head, and get away with it? No. I don't think so. Can the vice president of the United States march into the Oval Office, take a, a piece off of a Secret Service officer, shoot the president of the United States dead, become president, and then pardon himself? Or no. is that a crime? Crime. There are crimes that What's presidents with all the pop quizzes commit. today, anyway? Right. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> what you got, Bill? Th- this question of presidential <laughs> immunity may not have ever been resolved or declared by a cor- court because we've never had president quite like Mr. Trump is as nice as I'll put it. And so, yes, it's big, but I don't think this is particularly hard. Presidents have to have accountability. The system is set up for checks and balances. I am pretty confident that what they're going to say is if you do crimey crimes like a criminal, there has to be a means for accountability. I asked Bill this question when he was answering, so I apologize for doing that. But um, do you think this toss to the Supremes slows down the pace of these cases, and could we get to a scenario where they're happening like right at election time next year? I don't think the courts want that, but boy, that, there's some timing issues here that are just really, really like running into well, each other. Well, there's sort of a code in D.C., at least as it relates to uh, FBI and CIA and those kinds of things. You're not supposed to inject yourself into politics after a certain point. That certain point usually is around the 1st of August, right? And, and that was the claim they made during the Hunter Biden laptop issue. So if something's going to happen, I think it'll happen before the 1st of July, which is before the convention in Milwaukee. Uh, otherwise, it's going to get kicked to next year. Uh, you know, and he might be president of the United States again. He may be but, the 47th president. Yeah, that's, the, that's the kicker, right? So yeah. then he's making a decision about pardoning himself. Right. And is that a legal question that the Supreme Court could take up? They haven't answered it in, so, in our history. They will need, they may need to. I mean, you talk about it's already going to be crazy, but, but that's the, the crazy. So I'll just 10. throw this log on the fire. <laughs> One more reason not to vote for Donald Trump, either in the primary or in the general. Yes, you've been you very consistent about that. You do not want this one, level Joe. of chaos happening in our country. All right. We're going to go to Wisconsin Supreme Court because they did something unanimously with this new court. And I, I was a little shocked. Um, Rick Essenberg wasn't that thrilled about it, but I, I thought it was interesting given all the, the flavor that we've had with this race this year and in all the uh, the new court coming in drama. We'll discuss that with Bill McCosh and Joseph Pecky after this on WTMJ Now. We are having a wonderful time here in the Political Power Hour. Thanks for tuning in. A lot of, lots of texts. I've tried to give the guys a flavor of what you're saying. It's all over the board from uh, talking about fake elections, which we'll get to in a second. Um, they, they really like you guys, which is something that I'm not surprised by. But uh, a lot of nice comments from the textures uh, on this hour. So as I always say, and I'll say at the end of, the, of your last appearance on, on the show this year, I appreciate you guys because you, you bring wisdom, experience, a lot of knowledge about politics, which frankly, and I, I don't want to be a basher, but a lot of people who do what I do, they kind of have this weird, like, I don't know, pretend knowledge hopefulness about whatever they think is the right you know guys talking about like really specific budget things who have never done a budget more than their checkbook and they frankly yeah they're probably still using checkbooks in the area of the digital whatever so anyway thank you guys you're you're, you're thank uh, you very you're welcome. well appreciated about in my audience all right wisconsin supreme court a big decision sort of they said you know what private school choice voucher program we're not going to take that case so uh white 
elitist liberal, Kirk Bankstead from Manaqua. He owns Manaqua Brewing Company, brought a case asking the Wisconsin Supreme Court to take what's called original jurisdiction, meaning they take the case first. That's outside the normal process. Cases normally start in the circuit court and work their way up to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. It is very rare for the Wisconsin Supreme Court to take original action on anything. They've, they have done it a few times, yeah, but it's, it's a very, Republican play. <laughs> very rare. But this case in particular was this, this white guy trying to deny mostly black and brown kids the opportunity to attend the schools that work best for them. But probably more importantly is the politics of this guy is sort of astonishing. And I think Joe's going to agree with me on this. He, I'm going to read a quote from yesterday's story after this was rejected or denied, whichever term you want to use, by Kurt Bankstead. He said he speculated that the court's decision was politically motivated one to appear nonpartisan before it weighs in on redistricting and potentially abortion. Quote, they're sticking their necks out politically to be able to rule on those two huge issues for both Wisconsin and the United States, he said. So I think that taking the original action from us on voucher, voucher schools, while I think it was the right thing for us to do, I think it may have been a little bit, bit too much political baggage for them to take at this point in time. That is like the most nonsensical <laughs> statement you would ever make. What was that Steve was just saying about people who think they know about politics? Yeah. Right. So yeah. if he is, in fact, going to try this case at the circuit court, which is what they told him he had to do, he basically just gave away his entire case with right. that. He, he's saying this is all political. It's all about a progressive majority on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. It isn't about anything to do with education. By the way, my former boss, Tommy Thompson, wrote a great op-ed. You're going to see it in the Wisconsin State Journal Sunday. He's oh, the nice. founder of the school choice and voucher program in the state of Wisconsin. Huge win for kids, particularly in southeast Wisconsin. A big loss for Kurt Bankstead. How's his beer? Sucks. <laughs> I've never had it. I don't it. know that I've had it either. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what was your takeaway on this? I, mean, I wasn't surprised. This seemed like a ridiculous legal argument to begin with. It seemed like the wrong process. There are very real. Oh, excuse me, one second. I gotta. <clears throat> thank you. There are very real public so policy questions around the way that the school choice or voucher program has expanded that I think should and will be revisited. Not necessarily from a is it constitutional perspective, right. but around things like means testing. Where are what's the limit? You know, are, are we really as a as a state going to say if you make three hundred thousand dollars a year as a married couple and your child is already in a private school, you have decided that's within your budget and what you want to do. Should the should every other taxpayer in the state of Wisconsin subsidize that? I'm not sure that's good public policy. I, I know I personally don't like it. So there are questions around what's happened with the choice program. But this was just. I, I can't even ascribe logic but, to it. And for the listeners who don't follow closely, this is one where Robin Voss and Tony Evers actually agreed. Yeah. They both said yeah. that the Supreme Court should Shouldn't not take, it. take And according to Rick Gassenberg yesterday, the Supreme Court has decided this issue. Multiple these, times. These schools can exist. Yeah. It's yeah. not a controversial issue. You can have different feelings about that, but they have every right to be there. Um, we got to talk about the fake electors thing. Ron Johnson's been on CNN. I got. I'm going to play a piece later that CNN said. You know, your evidence that you cited, most of it's wrong. But let's talk about fake electors. I said on this program a long time ago there will be at some point criminal charges for these fake electors. It's looking more and more like that may be the reality for these people. Now I don't know these people. I know their names. I don't know any of them individually. But at some point, I get the sense there may be criminal charges in this case. We know what happened last week. We talked about it on Friday. 
Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, you know, I, I know it's a different network, but one of the fake electors, Andrew Hitt, uh, who's a partner of mine at Michael Best, he, he is on up front this weekend, and he gets asked about this. And I, I, what I said last Friday, I will stick to, which is I think they got some bad legal advice uh, at the time. I think that's what Andrew's going to say this weekend. I think he, he's going to say if he had to, to do over again, they wouldn't have done it. Right. So they relied on some legal advice that turned out to be um, deeply flawed and and uh, they had a settlement agreement. And I, I don't think that any of them will be charged hmm. politically or otherwise. But uh, that doesn't mean that others who are involved in the case won't be. And as luck would have it, I have the attorney general, attorney general from the state of Wisconsin, Josh Call, joining me at 1115 on Monday's program. He's got his answer down pretty pat. Yes. Yeah. So I, 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 good that, luck. I acknowledge that with the scheduler. <laughs> I have to ask a question. I already know what his answer is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can't talk about it. And, and that's as it should be, right? The, it should not be the the role of attorneys general to say, oh, I'm investigating person X for this crime or that crime. That's not how the system of justice works. So I think Josh Call is doing this. The right way, there has been accountability on the civil side. Those fake electors have acknowledged their role in a plot to overturn an election that Donald Trump lost. That's a good start. Yeah, Ron Johnson doesn't think that, though. I don't think he was prepared for the question he, he was, got no, from and that, Caitlin Collins. No, and that's not fair either. I'm not giving her a carte blanche to do whatever she wants. You, have, you can't just it's – like, it's like you have knowledge as an interviewer that you have not prepared your guests for. You may appear smart. They may appear dumb. They may know more about it than you, but they don't know what this question that's coming at them. You can't know everything all the time. Ron Johnson knows full well who won the presidential election of 2020. It's I'm not, not a tough one. I'm not one. disagreeing with you on that one, and, but – the, the surprise ambush interview question—I'm not because that wasn't not the subject matter of that interview. Yeah, I'm actually going to blame staff a little bit because when those get set up, Caitlin Collins would be on the super hostile list, right? <laughs> so if you agree to that, you're going to prepare, right? Yeah, you should. That's a fair point. Bill McCosh and Joseph Pecky. I think we got grab bag next. We got two or one left. Charlie, tell me quickly. One grab bag next. Joe, Bill, yours truly. Political Power Hour. WTMJ now. All right, Political Power Hour. We're just chatting away in here while Charlie's doing whatever he's doing in the uh, producer's booth. And former producer and big-time sports guy Brandon Snide getting in Charlie's way as well. So Didn't, I, see, didn't see Brandon even back Even though you got the lights off in there, I can, hey! see, what, I can see what's there going on in there, gentlemen. <laughs> there he is. And Charlie. So let's, uh, let's just be careful with that. All right, so uh, grab bag. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, thing we didn't get to this week. Every Republican in the U.S. House of Representatives voted to launch an impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden, mm-hmm. even the Republicans who know there is no evidence of high crimes or misdemeanors. Wait, Scott Fitzgerald said he's guilty already. He's, he's ready to of vote. Of what? <laughs> Nobody's quite sure, right? They say, what are the, char- what are the crimes that you're in- inquiring about with this impeachment inquiry? Well, high crimes and misdemeanors. Okay, which ones? I don't know. And so, you know, watch this space. This is wild to me that w- this is where we are. Um I think it's going to politically be a wrong foot for Republicans because it's going to help rally Democrats around Joe Biden. Like they've, they're throwing this guy a life raft. <laughs> I just don't get it. Uh, and you had Hunter Biden go to Capitol Hill and say, I'm happy to testify in public. I'm not going to do it behind closed doors where you're going to misconstrue what I say in the same way that they have with his former business partner, Devin Archer. So the Biden family saga is not over. But I think a real change and a real shift this week that's going to make the politics of it easier for Joe Biden and Democrats. And then my other grab bag is to, because this is our last show of the year, wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, however you celebrate. Merry Christmas. Uh, 
Uh, Merry Christmas. It's been a wild year. Next year's going to be an even wilder year. Yes, it is. Um, but uh, my we'll best wishes. We'll be the center of the universe here in Wisconsin. There you go. Per usual. Are we ready for that? I think we are. Yeah. I'm going to do two positives because it's our very last show of the year together. Uh, for those of you who don't know this, Barrett News Media does rankings of uh, radio programs across the, uh, the country and our very own Steve Scafidi and Jeff Wagner, whose last show is today from TMJ, both were ranked in the top 10 for mid-market programs, talk show programs. So congratulations. Thanks. That's Appreciate a very it. big honor. First time I made the list, so I was, wow. was proud of that. Yeah, top 10 for both you and, and Jeff, and that's See, cool Charlie, stuff. giving us a little love as well. <laughs> So my second is uh, I'm going to declare Robin Voss the winner of the week by far, hands down. It was a TKO, I mean, with the Board of Regents. He, he negotiated in good faith with Ray, Jay Rothman, the president of the UW Board of Regents, a modest uh, DEI uh, scale back. He didn't eliminate DEI. He froze future positions. He reassigned about a third of the existing DEI positions so that they benefit all students. So there's no actual elimination of positions. And oh, by the way, the 34,000 UW staff will get their raises. The 32 million that was cut from the UW budget will be restored and a variety of different building projects that the business community wants, including the new engineering building. And he hands that to the UW Board of Regents and they failed to, they rejected it on the first vote. It was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. And Jay Rothman ran the largest law firm in the Midwest in Foley and Larder. He knows how to work with a budget. There's no chance he got over his skis on this thing. So something happened last Saturday for a couple of those board members to flip on him. But then, lo and behold, four days later, they come back. And this thing, the same exact deal gets approved. So Voss, to his credit, negotiates a deal in good faith. It goes down. The politics for Voss go up. He actually it gets better, and then the deal actually gets approved. So now the business community was totally on his side for four days, saying to the UW Board of Regents, "Are you effing kidding me? You got to do this deal." And they did. Three regents flipped. Yeah. So kudos to Robin Voss. He's my winner of the week. Who will be on the show next Friday? I, I'm not sure on the time either nine thirty or ten thirty. I will I will give that to you as a show note at some point later today. All right. Surprise question. Since we got two minutes, I'm doing this on Monday with my everybody's favorite co-host Carol Kane. I'm giving you a chance, Bill and Joe, to tell your gift buyer, friends, family, whatever. Question is this. This is our segment name. What do you really want for Christmas, Joe Zapecki? Peace on Earth. Oh, stop. Support for the Ukrainian people who are we fighting. We all want to, that. Okay, well, I, yes, what I want. I, a material item. 18-year-old stepdaughter asked last night what, what I want for uh, Christmas. I said, peace on Earth. Okay. Beyond for all Ukraine. the stuff that we all want, material gift or something that you've been Putting your eye on in the in the old Target when you wander around with the kids. Um, listen, I, golf balls, books, mm-hmm. and vinyl. You can't you can't miss. You I, That's an I, honest I, answer. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Good I one. got it. I got a brand new Aaron snowblower. Oh, you <laughs> it did. is a hog, baby. It is a Christmas game. Yeah. Early. Do you have a long driveway at this at the estates? I do. I do. And <laughs> I have an Aaron's. It's the best. We moved for the first time in 28 years last year, and I had a very nice Toro snow thrower that my wife forced me to give to our oldest son in Brookfield. Forced. And so I had nothing. <laughs> she, she thought, well, somehow this new driveway is going to be shorter. No, it's wider and longer. So I now have a brand new Aaron's 24 inch hog of a snowblower, and I am one happy camper. You never go wrong with Aaron's. Uh, apparently, big time sports guy Brandon Snide has something to say. So, and Charlie, you got something for me? Can, can I request a healthy Packers team for Christmas? Yes. 
My goodness. AJ Dillon, broken thumb. I don't yep. know if he's going to play. That's but unreasonable. Aaron Jones should be back. Who? A- Aaron Jones should be back. <laughs> and we got Kenyon. Is he Drake. still on the team? I, listen. Uh, to to whoever the the person was at Capco last week, when I said I still thought this was an eight and nine team, this individual like looked at me like I was the dumbest human <laughs> being who had ever lived. How could I the the disgust with which they scoffed at me? And I was thinking of that person as the Packers laid an egg on Monday night. I would have liked a live shot of that person's reactions. This is a 500 football team, folks. Deal with it. One of us has been telling you that all along. I will say this. They're fun to watch. They're fun to watch. All right, gentlemen uh, from the text line, hope you all have Merry Christmases and Happy New Years, and I wish the same thing to you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the great wisdom and uh, and the fun we've had this year. And more fun to come next year. Oh, are we going to have fun in 2024? (laughs) It's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. And good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Good to be back in the studio. Had a blast at the uh, Albrecht's Market, the Century Store out in Delafield, right off of uh, Highway 94. Uh, so many people came up. We spent about a half hour taking selfies after the show. Jill and Jim, I met the former mayor of Delafield, uh, Marianne, we took pictures. Uh, just a blast and fun. And uh, it was for kids to kids. And uh, when we started the show, there was this big, massive, empty bin. And by the time the show was done, three hours later, just piled high with uh, unwrapped new toys for kids for uh, our kids to kids uh, toy drive. So two consecutive weeks We've been on the road. Um, so thanks to all the folks who came out and said hi. Um, I'm going to be actually out and about this afternoon with my wife, Kathy. We're going to be ringing the bell. Uh, everybody knows about the uh, Salvation Army's Red Kettle campaign. So the, right now there's 120 Red Kettles in Milwaukee County. We are going to be at the Oak Creek Pick and Save, which is on South Hall Avenue, just south of uh, Putes, uh, on the east side of the street, uh, from 2 to 4. Uh, so come on by, stop by. We can take pictures if you want, whatever. But most importantly, donate to their Red Kettle campaign. It's the largest fundraising event for the Salvation Army in Milwaukee County. 120 kettles. They provide winter coats for kids and adults, toys for Christmas, talking about Christmas, and a warm and a safe place for those who need help, summer meals, all the great things they do, all the great programs. So that's happening today at 2 o'clock at the Oak Creek Pick and Save. Now, here, which is our beautiful Avenue Studios, just outside our our uh, glass windows, there's a big event here tomorrow called the Big Brass Blast. Some alliteration there with the bees. Uh, you can join the Salvation Army and 620 WTMJ, one of our great MCs is going to be out there hosting the event. Festive celebration, local brass and percussion players filling the air with the magic of Christmas music at the annual Big Brass Blast. Come on down to the 3rd Street Market Hall about 300 Wisconsin Avenue, beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Milwaukee's already decorated for Christmas and the holiday season. That's tomorrow, December 16th, tomorrow at noon to 1. It's free, open to the public. You can make donations to their Red Kettle campaign. Uh, I've done these before. It is, it, it's a really good way to, to, one, not only get in the festive holiday spirits, but to uh, donate to a great cause. And the Salvation Army's been around since 1865, a long time Nearly 33 million Americans receive assistance from the Salvation Army, and I've, I've partnered with them on events. I've actually done and hosted and emceed events at their facility, also on Hall Avenue in Oak Creek. So if you can help out, join me this afternoon, 2 to 4, at the Oak Creek Pick and Save, where my wife Kathy and I will be uh, ringing a bell and getting your donations into the Red Kettle. And 
you want to do some music for the holidays, right here at the Big Brass Blast, 3rd Street Market Hall, downtown Milwaukee, December 16th, from noon to 1 p.m. It is free and open to the public. So I'll take a break here. After the break, the star, one of the stars of Wisconsin's Morning News, has a big, big listener trip plan. We'll talk to the one, the only, fellow Italian and a teammate, Vince Petrano, after this. I met a man who lives in Tennessee, and he was a Oh, this guy doesn't live in Tennessee. He lives in Greendale, Wisconsin, and he's the, uh, the big host of the Wisconsin Morning News, Vince Petrano. I got to hang out with you on Monday for the, uh, the pregame. We had a blast. The team didn't perform, but we had a blast. Boy, virtually all our predictions did not come to no, fruition, right? I was high on that predictions. game. Yeah. I was high on that game. I was, game. too. Well, that's what they get for putting us in there. Yeah, but we had fun. We had fun. <laughs> we did. We'd have a, had a blast. I, I do. I did have to apologize because I, at one point I said you weren't Italian. Of course, I knew you were. That was on me. I made a mistake. <laughs> I, I, the exuberance and hey, excitement of the moment. We were all up late for us. We were tired. I mean, Eric and I. Eric and I get up about three, three, three thirty. I get up at Depends. five. Right. So um, we all did six plus on Monday. Yeah, we earned our pay. All right, why are you here? Why are you here now? Because I want to tell you. (laughs) What are you doing? What What are you doing doing here here? on my show? Because I want to tell you about my cruise. All right, and I also want to get some advice from you because you've done this before. You've done a couple of listener trips, and they're fantastic. And the Expedia uh, cruises out of Brookfield. So I'm working with them, and they're local. And they approached me about this, and I had initially thought that one day I would love to take folks who are fans of our show on a trip somewhere and do one of these. But I've got a couple of kids who are still in high school. They're juniors right now. And then my oldest is a, is a senior or a freshman in college. So I just got a lot of things going on with the family. And I just said, you know, when the kids leave the house, we'll go do one of these special trips that we can involve folks who, who enjoy listening to our shows. Well, Expedia came to me and they said, well, what if we did a family thing? There you go. What if we did a family cruise? And so we were able to put this together and I'm super excited about it. So we will sail with Royal Caribbean on the largest ship in the world, the Wonder of the Seas. Wow, largest ship in the world. The largest ship in the world. They've That's got crazy. 10,000 restaurants. No, <laughs> they might as well. Don't right? make up numbers. <laughs> right. So, largest ship in the world, the Wonder of the Seas, the Royal Caribbean. But the great part about it is we're working locally with Expedia Cruises out of Brookfield to put this all together. So they know me and I know them, and we're going to put together... Outside of, obviously, Royal Caribbean's fantastic itinerary, which I will detail in a moment, we're going to make it really special for the folks who want to join us. And what we really hope is, because I'm going to bring my entire family, so it's going to be my wife and me and our three kids, and I hope you'll bring your family too. Have you ever cruised together as a family? We did one cruise. It was at Disney when the kids were real little. And we've always wanted to cruise again. And now they're older, so yeah, right. they'll appreciate all the stuff on a cruise, especially a big one like that. So let me tell you a little bit about the trip. First of all, the dates, right? Mm-hmm. And the other reason that we thought this really worked out was next year, Christmas falls on a Wednesday, I think. Yeah, that sounds so, right. So many of the school districts in the area are going with two full, two full weeks off for that winter break, including that full week between Christmas and New Year's. So we're going to set sail December 29th of 2024, and we will return January 5th of 2025, which will still give you an extra day to get the kids back so they're in school on Monday after that winter break. And then on top of it, you still get the holiday time at home with your family. Yeah, nice. So perfect dates. Again, it's twenty uh, December 29th of 2024. We'll return January 5th. And we leave out of the Orlando area, Port Canaveral there in Florida. Yeah. So you're going to be New Year's Eve on this cruise. New Year's Eve I've 2025. I've been on cruises, but never New Year's Eve. On the ship. You will be dancing and... Huge party. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So a couple other things about the itinerary. So this is a Caribbean cruise. We're going to visit Cozumel. 
We're going to visit Honduras. Wow. About that. Never been to Honduras. Uh, Puerto Costa Maya. That's also in Mexico. Well done. And then with Royal Caribbean, you also get a day at the private island, perfect day at Coco Cay. So that's their island where they have a thousand things to do. I believe that's the island of Dr. Evil. <laughs> so you'll see that first I hope he's there. Yeah. You were asking me about cruises. They're, they're a lot of fun. I mean, the food's amazing. I mean, especially if you're on the largest. Yeah. You're going to have... And so many choices, right? You bring your appetite. Anything you want, you can even custom order stuff on these places. I mean, whatever you want to eat, and it's really well done. It's The, the presentations are amazing. And they, they're so good at it. You're not waiting in long lines like at, like at some, you know... Low rent buffet. This is yeah, like yeah. high end stuff. You're, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a great trip. Yeah. What I recall as well is you have the option of right. If you can, you want to go here. You want to go there. You can upgrade anything at any time. Yep. If you want the fancy dining or you want to mm-hmm. go to the nice steakhouse, whatever that is, you can do that whenever you want. If you're looking for a spot, maybe just you and your family, you kind of hide away. That's out there for you. If you want to hang with us for the whole thing, that's great too. So, what do you want to know about listener trips? I've taken two. Well, so look, if if you if we're asking folks come on a trip with me. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason they're there is because they're with you. They with like Steve, you. With Vinny. Right. You go, so, you come in with that. They like you. So what, what sort of things should we be talking about planning on, on the ship or on the other places Here's so that we can spend time together? And I will tell you that my, both trips were amazing. I have, I have lifelong friends from both trips. Uh, uh, my friend Jack, we have, you know, lunch together all the time. Him and his wife Patty, we have dinner together. I just met some great friends on my, my Tuscany trip. Here's what I did. Anytime we were together as a group, we did something fun. We did a trivia contest about the show. Nice. <laughs> and I just had, and the, the prize was lunch with me, and I just had um, the winner and her husband join me for lunch. It was Great. amazing. And she got eight out of 10, which is really good. It's a high score. My sister in law got three. <laughs> That's now, your family. Full disclosure, she doesn't live in Wisconsin, so I, I get it. But you Nor know, like we, you very much. But I don't know. True, true, true. Well, she does like me. But I mean, there's a podcast. She could find out if she wanted to. But you will, you will understand easily why they like your show because they will tell you yeah, i love cool. this i love this and sometimes if you really want to tap into the knowledge ask them what they don't like because they're very uh very demonstrative <laughs> about that's that. an easy answer to get isn't it if yeah. you know everybody they're not going to like everything and nor would you have that expectation i just had so much fun on both of them this is the same thing you're going to do you're going to just experience whatever cool places you visit but the fun of the party of it is you're eating together you're hanging out yeah. you're going to see the stuff you're you know enjoying yourself uh, you may you may celebrate in your case New Year's Eve together. That's that's pretty remarkable. And so there's still a lot of time, obviously, on the front end. But we wanted to get this information out to you. So we're yeah, we're not leaving till December of 2024. So I'll be working closely with Expedia Cruises out of Brookfield as well as Royal Caribbean on some of the special events that we can put together for everybody who wants. And you know what? You just want to go on a cruise and get a great deal on a cruise, and you never want to talk to Vinny. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine yeah. too. But. You know, we'll have so many opportunities for us to be together. And again, I really want you to bring your families or maybe grandma and grandpa bring the whole crew yeah, over those, the holidays. Those cruises How about that kind they're of not gift? heavy lifting. Grandmas and grandpas can have a good time too. So grandma and grandpa brings, you know, yeah. your children and your grandchildren. Can you imagine that? You're going to sell this out. I sold mine out my last one out in two days. Well, and to that point, you know, you've heard of, there's been some information lately about cruises and people who maybe got bumped. We've got a block of rooms that are already reserved for us, so you're guaranteed to get on this ship. All right, let's give them the nuts and bolts one more time. Okay, so this is the seven-night Western Caribbean and perfect day at Coco Cay New Year's holiday cruise, or the Vinny Cruise for short. We leave December 29th, 2024. We get back January 5th of 2025, leaving out of Orlando or Port Canaveral in Florida. We're working with Expedia Cruises in Brookfield. Talk to Greg over there if you want more information. His number is 262 955 
1980. They're located at 153rd in Bluemount. It's Greg at Expedia Cruises in Brookfield, 262-955-1980. I just thought about this because I, my wife and I have been talking about taking a cruise because we've been doing a lot of different things. What if we went on it too? <laughs> you you want to join me? <laughs> Would right? that be fun? But we're still calling it the Vinny Cruise. Yes, it's your okay. cruise. It's your cruise. <laughs> then you'll all just right. be my guest. Um, and, and again, all the information is on our website. It will be shortly if it's not there already. And you got a full year to sign up. It will sell out. It's it's a great thing. And your first one, you're going to have a blast. And how about this? If you want to talk about, maybe you want to present this as a gift to your family this year. Okay, this is the holiday gift. Next year, we're going on this cruise together as a family. Let me help you get there. We've got a $500 gift card that is good to use toward this holiday vacation. And we're going to give it away right now. I'm going to borrow the... Charlie, are we good to go? Oh, wow. Producer Charlie what is What are we ready. giving away? Standing by the phones, $500 gift Woo! card, a credit to take off of this cruise, and we'll give it to caller number 12 right now on the old National Bank talk and text line, which is 855-616-1620. That's, that's a nice gift. $500 gift card. Caller number 12, 855-616-1620. I'm going to surprise you with a quick question. I've been asking all my guests today. I'm going to do it on Monday's show, but I'm going to ask you right now. Okay. The segment is called, What Do You Really Want for Christmas? And don't say world peace and all that stuff. <laughs> Solitude. What does Vince Petrano <laughs> really want for Christmas? Material thing. If, if you, no, no prices. Okay, all right. Good. Someone doesn't have to buy That's you. what I was going to ask. Right, like, no. I, don't, I don't have to be reasonable? What do you really want? I need a whole new golf bag. Not just the bag. Like, I need a, the, the bag and everything that goes in it. My irons are seven, eight years old. All right, so what kind of golf bag do you have, first off? So I'm a, I'm a Nike guy, so my bag is so I'm a is ping Nike. guy. Okay, but I have ping irons, and I've got, I've got uh, Callaway G30s. driver. G30s. Okay, I've mm-hmm. got the i5s, mm-hmm. and they're seven, eight years old. We're leaving a lot of technology on the table, uh-huh. at least I am. Right. My driver's years old. All of my woods are, I don't even know, it's just a hodgepodge. Is in your wife listening, things. you think? <laughs> You asked. You said it didn't have to be reasonable, because <laughs> that is that's not, not reasonable. Right. But I, I wish you well in your yeah, endeavor to get those you. that new bag and those. What did you share yours yet? I haven't. I'm going to share it on Monday. Okay. Carol Kane is going to be on the show. Every, everybody's favorite co-host is going to join me for a special segment called "What Do You Really Want for Christmas?" What do you really want for and Christmas? find out what Bill Stat wants too. If, if you see him, then tell him to send me. A, I'll ask him. All right, buddy. Thanks all for right. thanks for sharing that information. Thanks for the time, Steve. All right, lots more to get to. I'm big excited. Look, I got a different producer all of a sudden. What are you doing back there? What are you doing back there, Maggie? All right, we'll take a break here. Listen to WTMJ now. Ah, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. We are enjoying this Friday edition. Won't be long. I have my first Christmas on Sunday. So as those of us who have kids and then your kids have kids and uh, my parents are still doing very well and... The uh, the holiday is expanded to often three weeks, sometimes even longer if you have people out of out of state or even out of country. So we're all celebrating our own unique ways, but we'll ha- we'll have a lot of fun. And don't forget, reminder: I will be ringing the bell for the Salvation Army, the Red Kettle Campaign, two to four Oak Creek Pick and Save. I think it's like eighty seven seven seventy South Howell Avenue. It's it's just south of Putes, right off Howell Avenue, State Highway thirty eight. So uh, my wife Kathy and I will be there two to four. Stop by. We'll take a picture if you want. Just chat about the show, whatever you would like to do. All right, so I'm going to shift into politics for a brief moment. I got a lot of moving pieces today uh, on the remaining hour and a half of the program. But uh, the other day I was talking about the comments of U.S. Senator Ron Johnson related to what he said. We played it for you uh, on an interview that he did with Caitlin Collins on CNN uh, the other day about fake electors. And to be fair, Caitlin Collins, the, uh, the journalist, the correspondent, surprised him with, with, the, uh, with the question. And he responded that everybody, basically, I'm paraphrasing, everybody does this. And he cited some uh, examples of Democrats doing the same thing. He says that the fake electors in Wisconsin 
tried to do after 2020. Well, one of the things I love about journalists is when a politician or elected official says something, it gets fact-checked. This is a, it's a longer piece, but I want to play it because I think it's fair to understand both what Senator Ron Johnson said specifically, and they're taking it right from what he said on the show, and then responding with the facts as available. Johnson may not have read the books that he told us to check very closely. He was here on the show Monday night, and when he was asked a pretty simple question, should someone who tried to overturn the last election be involved in overseeing the next one? The Wisconsin Republican said this. Which Democrats one? have done the same thing. In, Republicans in Wisconsin, there have been fake slates of electors? No, it's, it's happened in different states. I, Which I, I one, didn't come sir? prepared to give you the exact states, but it's happened. It's happened repeatedly. It has happened repeatedly. Just go check the books. Which books? I mean, there have been alternate slates of electors by Democrat uh, electors in our history. Again, I, you didn't. This wasn't what this interview is going to be about. I'll, I'll come and I'll provide you the information. I look forward to your office sending that information. We'll publish it if it's, if we'll it's accurate. That. So he followed up on Twitter, listed the four examples that you see here, none of which proved his point. Democrats have not repeatedly used alternate slates of electors. None even come close to what Republicans did in 2020. Really, just one of the examples he cites even is relevant to this. There's some big differences. So I'll tell you what they are. The senator is pointing to the 1960 election, something that we have seen Republicans bring up repeatedly since Trump lost in 2020. That year, Democrats in Hawaii sent an alternative slate of electors to Congress. Vice President Richard Nixon at the time and John F. Kennedy, they were nearly tied in the state. But here, the facts about what happened next are critical. At the time, a recount was still underway, one that ultimately flipped the results from Nixon to Kennedy. A judge would rule that the Kennedy electors were legitimate. And I should note that when Kennedy was ultimately the winner in the final count in Hawaii, it was Nixon himself as vice president who presided over the session approving that slate of electors instead of his own on January 6, 1961. In 2020, meanwhile, the recount in Wisconsin was over. It showed that Biden did indeed win Senator Ron Johnson's home state. Wisconsin's alternate GOP electors met more than two weeks after that recount and still signed a false certificate of electors. Trump and his supporters, of course, would go on to lose seven more lawsuits in Wisconsin related to the electors. The other examples on Senator Johnson's list are instances where Democrats voiced objection to the election results. Not exactly instances of plots to overturn an election that was affirmed by recounts and by the courts. But even if you disagree with what those Democrats did, most importantly here, those instances went nowhere because the candidates who lost those elections conceded them. Of course, Senator Ron Johnson's role in this has also come under scrutiny, given the text messages showing that his chief of staff was trying to deliver a, quote, alternate slates of electors for Michigan and Wisconsin directly to Vice President Pence on January 6th, something that will surely be included in the history books. Just some context for the answers that were sort of provided by Wisconsin Senior Senator Ron Johnson. So a couple, I'm not going to say words of advice, because I actually respect people who run for office, and and there's a level of of respect that I think has to be maintained. But it doesn't mean we're just going to accept everything that elected officials say. 
my advice for not just Ron Johnson, but any elected official, when you're asked a question by a journalist, just answer the damn question. It's not a chance to do the whataboutism. What about what you guys, what about what that side did? Answer the damn question. You know why people don't respect elected officials anymore? Because you don't answer the questions, and probably more importantly, you're not doing the people's work. And Caitlin Collins is exactly right. The difference in these sort of weird, unrelated examples that were provided by the senator's office is that this last election wasn't conceded. Then, a year later, two years later, three years later, and probably never will be, which is a really interesting question to ask when that person, that former president, is deciding to run again. Anybody think he's going to be any different this time around? Which is probably one of the biggest reasons why, my opinion, Republicans should think long and hard about how they cast their votes. Polls aren't votes, folks. Look, being an elected official is a hard job. Leadership in general is hard. Most people aren't good at it. Doesn't mean you can't call them leaders. Doesn't mean you shouldn't respect them. But it also doesn't mean you can't ask them hard questions and and demand like they do all the time. You ever read social media tweets from a uh, senator or a congressman or congresswoman or any elected official? A lot of demands in there. I demand that your party stop whatever. How about just answering the damn question? Because all we really want to know is why you keep saying these things. And frankly, as a Republican voter or any voter, if someone, one, can't answer the question, or two, doesn't understand three-plus years later that this election was over a long time ago, you have zero business being in office. And you have zero credibility beyond your immediate family. Let it play for a little bit. Thanks for joining us on this Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm in a great mood. I'm going to be out bell ringing in Oak Creek, uh, the uh, Red Kettle Campaign for the Salvation Army at 2 o'clock. Oak Creek Pick and Save right on Hall Avenue. Stop out and say hi. I have Kathy to be there as well. Um, so I had this debate on social media last night, my friend Brian Fraley, who, who's um, been on WTMJ a million times and, and is a smart guy. Uh, and the debate was a friendly debate, but uh, we both have strong opinions about a lot of things. And this one has to do with the, the state of the economy. Now, Brian is a Republican strategist, so he, you, you know that going in, that he's going to have a certain something to say about any good news that trends badly for Republicans and looks good for Democrats. I, I know that going in. But my point of the next 20 minutes or so, and I'd love to hear what you have to say, 855-616-1620, we got to stop with the cheerleading. For bad news. Why do I say that? There are some incredible numbers and things happening in this country right now. You know, the Fed, the Fed rather, uh, kept rates the same. They made some, uh, I don't want to say promises, but some uh, foreshadowing that next year rates may come down. That information and a lot of other good news with uh, jobs numbers, retail numbers up, inflation down, led to some incredible performance Records on Dow Jones, cracking 37,000. It's still up above 37,000 today. S&P 500 up 1.37%. NASDAQ 
added 200 points or almost a point and a half to uh, their their numbers at 14.7 yesterday. These are significant numbers, and um, I don't often say this, and, and you shouldn't overdo this, but if you've been fretting about your 401k, today's the day to go kind of look and take a, a fresh look because you'll be pleasantly surprised if you have smart investors, and I certainly do, uh, thanks to the folks at Annex Wealth Management and AnnexWealth.com. And it, trust me, I started like everybody else does because I say it in the, in, in the ad. I just clicked on the Get Started button, and they changed my life when it comes to financial planning, because it's, it's all inclusive. But that aside, Brian and I were going back and forth on this issue of, okay, so when do you celebrate good news, or does any great economic news have to be the what about thing? Oh, yeah, but people are getting hammered on inflation. We know that. But if inflation slows, market goes up, we know people are still shopping because the retail numbers are up. They're not as as scaredy cats or afraid as some of the experts who make a lot of money telling us what we should think about things. And when I think about this stuff, it's, it's the exact example of what I've been talking about for several years. We are letting squawkers and supposed experts tell us how to think on everything. And perception often is not reality. Here's my show poll today. If you're not on the X, which is a good life choice, as I always say, you can, you can certainly weigh in on the old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. As I said, some leading economic indicators are starting to trend in the right direction, including signs interest rates may decline in 2024. Are you optimistic about your family budget? So I took the big national news and narrowed it down to your budget because I wanted to get a sense of what people think. I already got 150 votes and we just launched this thing. The, the results, I can tell you, do not shock me because this is what I've been saying. Are you optimistic about your family budget? Yes, doing just fine, 55%. No, still concerned, 32%. I added in, third choice, until the next crisis, in quotes, because as I know, and probably a lot of you know now, crises economic, all the valuations and indicators of that in our country's economy are now subjective based on politics. They're not objective. They're not like unbiased. Everyone has skin in the game. So they influence the thought or try to about what we think about these numbers, whether they're positive or negative. You got to always, what about whatever numbers come out? So I put in there until the next crisis, 11%. What does this result tell me? And you can weigh in on the old National Bank talking text on 855 616-1620. 616-1620. Choices, yes, no, until the next crisis, question mark. Or comments or feedback. What does this tell me? It tells me that most people are doing just fine. Just like I wrote, doing just fine. Are there some concerns for some people? Absolutely. But as I often say, another one of my coffee mug slogans. With adversity comes opportunity. If you're looking for work, you've never had more employment options than you have today. Never. Absolutely, across the board, whatever you want to do, from entry level to advanced to nursing to teaching, it's all right there for you. Got to put the time in. Got to be smart about it. Got to show up. And part two of that, chapter two of that is wages are starting slowly to increase. 
And if you pick the right job and the right sector, some of these places, including entry-level restaurant and retail, are paying more than they have ever. Perception is not reality. And I'm encouraged by the fact that at least 55% of my sample, and I can even throw in the 11% for next crisis, Agree with me on that. What do you think? 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. Focus on the news, which is markets up. Inflation seems to be tamed. Interest rates kept the same with some thinking that next year they will go down. May have three small rate decreases, which will lower, by the way, mortgage rates which I think it's around the 6 to 7% right now, which is high, higher. But I will remind people that there, there are eras and decades in our country where it was double that. So, again, perspective, context matters. What do you think? 855-616-1620. You're listening, of course, to WTMJ now. Oh, it's going to be sad around here in a hour plus. No, three hours of Jeff Wagner's final show on WTMJ and I've only known Jeff from as a teammate for about seven years, but I can tell you he's the best teammate you can have. He's He always cares about other teammates. I've seen that demonstrated in a lot of different ways. But, I mean, I'll speak to the, the radio part of it. He's helpful. He's wise. Uh, his wife, Fran, and I chatted the other day. And she and this is classic Fran, his wife. She's asking about me and, you know, what my plans are and all that stuff. And, um, you know, Retirement's not easy. My wife retired a few years ago, and I got friends and family. I'm in that age where everybody's retiring, but I and I love what I do, and I'm not retiring anytime soon. But um, you start to think about those things, and I I can't imagine the emotions that's that's going through Jeff's brain right now because uh, there's a lot of things that are going to happen in this studio uh, from uh, noon to three, and it's um, I encourage you to tune in because this is going to be a must listen to radio. It's going to be fun, exciting. All the, all the wonderful things that he's, he's going to talk about. And that's why we played the Jimmy Buffett at the, uh, the start of that, of this segment. It's just, Jeff loves Jimmy Buffett. He loves Florida. He's going to be kind of sharing his time between Florida and Wisconsin. And he's a guy that gets it. So people always ask me, I was, I was at a remote yesterday in Delafield. Tell me about Jeff Wagner. Like, what's he doing? Why is he retiring? And I say, he's just enjoying his life. He is a guy that gets it and he understands politics probably better than most. And he, he's a guy that, understands the importance of, of great teammate relationships. He's obviously loved what he's done for so long. He's a smart guy. He's a former prosecutor, attorney. Maybe, maybe Who knows? Maybe he'll start doing that stuff again. But he's, he's somebody, he's one of the good guys. I'll put it that way. And I'm excited just to listen to the show because he's going to have people coming in throughout the show. I'm sure Fran will be here. The balloons, if you can see if you're watching on the stream, balloons already in place. Somebody said I look good against Jeff's balloons. Thanks for the compliment. Um, that's all going to be happening this afternoon from noon to 3. So I'm going to take my show right up to noon, and then we'll have the news, and then Jeff will launch his final program after 25 years on WTMJ. And one of the things that uh, we want to do quickly is play a little bit of the highlights from his um, retirement party, which was the other night at St. Kate's, Wednesday night. Here's a little piece done by our own Eric Bilstead. I cannot thank you enough. It has been uh, great getting to know you. It's great to be able to call you a teammate. Congratulations. Thank you for 25 great years on WTMJ Radio. Congratulations, Jeff. Thank you. Okay, so here we are. We are at St. Kate's in downtown Milwaukee celebrating Jeff Wagner. Now, some current and former colleagues are here. It's great to see everybody. Many of Wagner's friends and family here as well. 
And since all of these people know Jeff, I'm sure they know all of his Wagnerisms, right? Like this? Wagner's rule of life, number one. Life is tough, get a helmet. All right, let's find out. When life gets tough... You need a football helmet or something? To... <laughs> wear, wear a helmet. Yeah. Wear a helmet. That's the one, I, you know, when I would listen, I'm like, yeah, probably a good idea. I did when I was a kid. I probably should wear one more now. <laughs> life is hard. Wear a... Hard hat. Helmet. Oh, shoot. <laughs> okay. Tracy. Wagner's rule of life number two. Nothing good happens outside a strip club at 2 a.m. Nothing good ever happens outside of this. Strip club. Yeah, strip club. What place should you not be outside of at 2 a.m., according to Wagner? Uh, Probably at a place that you shouldn't be. I I can't remember which line it is. It's a a strip club. Yeah, a strip club. (laughs) Unless you like strippers. Have you ever been outside of a strip club after 2 a.m.? Yes. Did anything good happen? Yes. Oh, wait a minute. This changes everything. (laughs) I helped somebody home. Oh, okay, Wagner says nothing good happens after 2 a.m. Well, it was good for the other person because I helped him home, so. <laughs> all right, all right. It's not like I just fell off a turnip truck. Pop culture corner. I'm going to ask you your favorite scary movie, your favorite happy movie, your favorite sad movie, your favorite movie with an actress named Julia. I've been around for a while. I was a former prosecutor. I have a lovely wife, Fran, and a wonderful dog, Sasha. Because the voice isn't right. <laughs> no, but otherwise, we're very, very good. Nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, luckily, there is at least one person here I'm fairly confident knows Jeff's show pretty well. If I say, life is hard, wear a... Helmet. Okay, you got that one. All right. Nothing good happens outside a... Strip club. After 2 a.m. Okay, all right, you got two. If it fits, it doesn't mean you should... Buy it. You're exactly. All right. Well, okay. I got so... those. That, of course, is Jeff's biggest fan, his wife, Fran. He's the kindest human being I know. And I mean that. He's I kind. Know. I don't know if I agree with you there. <laughs> I, I, I've met you before, so. You are, you are Thank so you for coming out tonight. Thank you for being my friends for all these years. It means more to me than I can possibly say. Thanks a lot, everybody. Cheers to you, Jeff. And hit him straight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. Ah, loving the Christmas music, the holiday music. We'll play it through the end of the year on this show. I don't care what everybody else does. I'm playing it. I like it. Puts you in a good mood. Puts me in a good mood, and hopefully that translates over the air. Uh, We were talking before the break, uh, a couple of breaks ago, about the economy, and I can tell you, this is why I talk about this stuff, because the text line is basically 50-50. What are you talking about? Conservatives are right. The other side. Are conservatives ever going to acknowledge good news? So it's, it's 50-50, which is what I expect on this show. Mike from Illinois joins us on the phone lines. Hey, Mike, welcome. Happy Friday. Happy Friday and another beautiful day in northern Illinois and southern Wisconsin. Yes. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, and I love the holiday music. And when you want, I'll sing uh, Bruce Springsteen, Santa Claus is coming <laughs> to town again for you. We'll save that for next week. Sounds good. Um, so, as I told Charlie, it is Charlie, yes, yes. the producer. Mm-hmm. Um, I take any good news I can. I don't care who's in office. Um, I call him as I see him, and I am a conservative. Um, and I know this time of year, the economy always gets a bump. So, you know, everyone's in a good mood. You know, spending is up. Um, but I still do have some concerns. Um, you, know, it's, it's, you know, with the inflation, it's always going to be a concern. Uh, but you're right, the job market has been good for some time now. Wages are higher for certain jobs than they've ever been. 
So I'm going to take the good news and run with it, at least for the holiday season. And I think that's the right, right way to look at it. Thanks for the call, Mike. Look. We can be doom and gloomers all we want. And trust me, there's plenty of those, often people with microphones in front of their faces. But I would rather have interest rates trending down, markets up, record highs. Spano said it a couple weeks ago, Dave Spano, president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. We could see 40,000 at some point on the Dow. Retail, consumers, Numbers up, manufacturing up. Yeah, inflation is a concern. We had a worldwide pandemic, by the way, which started in the previous administration. And one of the things that frustrates me is when people say, look at the spending they do now. One, yeah, they, they always spend. That's why I've talked about an idea to actually start looking at that in, in greater detail, every, at least every two years. Every dollar we spend as a federal government, we'll see if that ever happens. Well, look at the spending that happened in the Trump administration. A conservative, supposedly, a Republican, supposedly, added record numbers to the federal deficit. So save me the uh, the angst and acrimony over the uh, current administration. Yeah, they're not perfect either. Most elected officials, politicians aren't. But don't cheerlead for bad news. It doesn't look good. It's WTMJ Now. News. Opinions. Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Here's your host, Steve Scafidi. And happy Friday, everybody. We are marching towards the holiday season. Just had Hanukkah. I just got wrapped. Is that wrap up tonight? Last night? One of my Jewish friends will let me know. Uh, of course, Christmas coming, Kwanzaa, New Year's. And then we start it all again with a what will be an incredible 2024. Now, if you're a regular listener to this program, WTMG Now is its official name, News, Opinion in Wisconsin, and why it matters. You know that every Friday, 11.08-ish, we're a minute late for her, but she, she's ready for us. It is the amazing, conversational, enlightening host of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News, Libby Collins. Good morning, Libby. I like how you say it's <laughs> 11.08-ish. You know, if you add... That I-S-H, that ish, to any time, you can never be late. Exactly. Because <laughs> you know, having, you know, doing this job like I do, there's some flexibility built in. Like there's oh, yeah. more commercials, which is a good thing. Sometimes we go a little long. We, we all build it into the, into the mix. Now, I'm going to say this, Libby Collins, on this, on this Friday. I am not always envious of my co-hosts and my teammates, but today I am. Because even though you have a shortened edition of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News on Sunday, you have an amazing, amazing guest. Tell our great audience who that is. It is former Attorney General Bill Barr, who could not have been more gracious and, and nice. I, 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 I've always admired him because I think he's a very intelligent man. I like the way he speaks his mind. You know, he's he's a little bit sarcastic and has a bit of a dry sense of humor. But I kind of like that about the guy. Real quick story, Libby. I yeah. was in the uh, one of the, I think it was um, one of the German airports. I think it was um, Munich, maybe. One of the German airports. Anyway, I'm sitting eating lunch with my wife, Kathy, and someone came up to me and goes, are you Bill Barr? No. Apparently I look like Bill Barr, or did at some point. Anyway. Go on with your story. <laughs> I wish I had known that when I talked to the former Isn't that weird? General. That really I is. I think we have the same glasses. I think that's what it is. Yeah, well, you know, and he's, well, you've got kind of a dry sense of humor as well. I do. 
Yeah. All right. So, so Bill Barr. Very distinguished looking. Yes. Thank you. Yes. All right. So he's going to be on the program Sunday. Uh, it's a great get. What's he going to talk about? Well, basically, his his main message, and, you know, he did serve twice as attorney general for two years under uh, President H.W. Bush and then again under President Trump. And he is only the second attorney general to have two non-consecutive terms hmm. in that office, which I find, I mean, in our entire history. And the last guy was like in 1850. So he's he's interesting from that perspective. But he wanted, he wanted to talk to um, our fans, basically, about the fentanyl pill crisis and what's driving it. And, um, well, I don't know if you'll be surprised by his thoughts on this, but I found it very interesting. Fentanyl is not just a drug. It's a poison. To me, when you sell fentanyl, it's like shooting into a crowd. You know that you're going to be killing people. And... I think we should have the strongest possible penalties against people who distribute fentanyl. And because there's so much money involved, the temptation is so high because of the money. One of the only ways to inhibit it is to promise very strong penalties. Now, that alone can't win the battle, but it's an important thing that we have to have. Now, a lot of the gangs that are coming across and reinforcing gangs that are already here, they're involved in the distribution of these drugs, and we have to go after them, too. There are a lot of steps that we have to take. We have to put more pressure on the Chinese to clamp down on the production of these precursor chemicals so they're not going to the cartels. And of course, uh, former, tenor, former Attorney General uh, Bill Barr has always supported a very firm law, law and order policy, and he elaborated on that just a bit w- when we talked to him uh, this week. And again, we'll play that on Sunday. But, you know, you can't have somebody like Bill Barr on without asking him about his former boss. and And as we well know, Former President Donald Trump is facing quite a few indictments, so I asked him about that. Of all those indictments that former President Trump faces, which one do you think should concern him most? You know, I think the most serious one and the one that I think has the most legitimacy is the one about the documents in Mar-a-Lago, because that accuses him of pretty outrageous acts of obstruction if, if the allegations are true. But on the other, and therefore, I think that's the most serious one. But on the other hand, that may not be tried before the election. The one that is more likely to be tried before the election is the January 6th case. And I think that's a harder case. But, you know, that will be tried. And he faces risk in that case as well. But it's interesting because he does talk about some of those state cases in New York and in Georgia and his thoughts about that. But you'll have to listen on Sunday. To hear his full opinion. Uh, but, but finally, and, and Steve, I think you'll find this interesting. And I, I hesitated before I asked him the question, but I just wanted to hear from him what he thought when, well, of course, President, former President Trump is the leading Republican candidate right now, according to the polls. But what does he think about whether or not he should win that office? Knowing what you know now. Do you believe Donald Trump is fit to be president? I don't think Biden is anywhere near fit to be president, and I prefer not to have Trump as president. I think that there are other Republican candidates who are capable of winning massive 
victories to serve for at least two terms and then possibly, like Reagan and Bush, have three terms. And I think we need something like that to turn the country around. And I think uh, that's the most important thing for the Republican Party. And I, I think Trump may lose the election. And if he doesn't lose, it'll be a very tight election. And I think that that's throwing away a golden opportunity for the Republican Party to make the kind of fundamental change in direction that we need to get this country back on track. Libby, I, I love the fact that you got the former attorney general, but um, it's interesting listening to how he, he parses his answer there. It's pretty, I would say, typical of what you see from some of the leadership of the Republican Party or former electeds or people who served under Donald Trump. There's almost this fear factor of saying something that's going to irritate or, or set him off. But I, I cannot wait to hear the whole interview. It's, when is it going to happen on Sunday? It's Sunday morning. As you said, it's a very shortened Wisconsin weekend morning news. Um, I'm only on from 8 a.m. until 9 a.m. So we will be playing that full interview during that hour. So please join us then because I, I can't wait to share uh, Attorney General Bill Barr's thoughts with, with all of our fans. Hey, Libby, do you got a chance to stick around through the break? I want to ask you about our, our uh, retirement, our retiring partner, Jeff oh. Wagner. You got a chance to stick around for a couple minutes? I sure do. All right, Libby Collins joining us. She is the host of the tremendous host of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News, and she has Attorney General Bill Barr on, on the show on Sunday. So uh, she recorded the interview, and just what I've heard so far, it's, a, it's an amazing look at life inside the Trump White House and certainly some of the big big issues of the day. We'll, we'll uh, take a break, and then we'll talk to Libby Collins about our departing, retiring teammate and pal, Jeff Wagner, after this on WTMJ Now. some Christmas holiday music for you as we uh, get closer and closer to the final program of our teammate Jeff Wagner. 25 years of broadcasting. The balloons are already in studio. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's guests arriving because I'm seeing commotion in and around the studio area here at the Avenue. So Libby, you've been doing radio for a while. I've been doing it for about mm, seven plus years. Um, we've seen te- uh, teammates come and go, but one that we haven't is Jeff Wagner. He's now celebrating 25 years. Um, I, I've been asking everybody to kind of share their Jeff stories, and I'm sure you have some. You are always somebody who's busy recording and, and in and around the studio area. Your thoughts about the, the big retirement? First of all, it's bittersweet because I've listened. I, I listened to Jeff before I was a teammate here at WTMJ, and I always admired the fact that he, he never lost his cool. I've never heard him on the air get overly excited or, you know, lose it, as we say. Mm-hmm. Nor have I seen him in person that way. But I, I, but you asked to share a certain story. When I first started working at WTMJ, uh, one of the things I did is I helped out at State Fair, which is so much fun because you have, you know, the, the booth which is there with everybody on the air. And, and at that point, I, I wasn't doing an on-air. I was helping with the street team. And Jeff came up to me and said, hey, Lib, after, after I'm off the air, he says, let me buy you a beer. And I thought, Jeff Wagner's going to buy me a beer? But what I didn't realize, or what he didn't realize, and what I didn't want to tell him is I am terribly allergic to something in beer, and it makes me <laughs> deathly ill. Well, he didn't know that. So No, he didn't, and I didn't want to tell him. And so, you know, he bought me, like, the biggest beer in the world. <laughs> And we're sitting there and, you know, and, and he was so nice and so helpful. And he's saying, okay, you know, you know, this is the way things work around here. And, you know, what are your aspirations? What do you want to do? And everything. As I'm sitting there trying to gently just sip it, 
not turn green while right. he's, he's talking to me. But, you know, he, he was just so nice. And, and actually, as I think back, he may have been the first full-time personality to really sit down with me and and share his thoughts about being at the station and how much it meant to him and and uh the the history of his show yeah it's it's, everybody's got some different stories about jeff but i i just want to get your thoughts uh libby collins she's the tremendous host of wisconsin weekend morning news a shortened show but some big gets there as they as far as that goes with a political big guest being uh, former Attorney General Bill Barr. Uh, 8 to 9 on Sunday, Libby? Yes, it is. I'll be there bright and early. All right. Thank you, and we'll see you around the bend. Thank you. All right. Libby Collins, the great Libby Collins, who does a fantastic job. I, you know, I don't work on weekends typically, but uh, when I do, or when I am around and listen to the radio, I, I always listen to Libby's stuff because it's great. And if you've never heard the Conversations program, in addition to the great work she does on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News, just go find the, 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 old, the older ones. Um, and she's had everybody. Uh, that's one of the reasons I brought her into my show is because she she's one a great interviewer and two she has great guests. And I've actually taken some of her guests and then used them on my show as well. So that's why one of the reasons why we have the great Libby Collins on this program every Friday. All right, we'll take a break. Lots more to get to in my remaining oh thirty six and something minutes left before the final Jeff Wagner show. I see the announcements are going out over social media. The balloons are ready. The hoopla, the fanfare, Charlie's dressed up, everybody's... I'm going to be sad. I'll tell you what, Jeff Wagner, two words to describe Jeff Wagner, honest and direct. That is exactly Jeff Wagner, which I appreciate, because I, frankly, if you listen to the show, I got enough people spreading BS around, Jeff doesn't do that. Honest and direct. That's Jeff Wagner. All right, we'll take a break here. Cheer up, Elvis. <laughs> Even though you're dead, long dead, at least in my mind. Playing some holiday tunes as we uh, get closer and closer to uh, Christmas and, of course, New Year's. And uh, somebody asked, like, what am I, what's my schedule look like? So I'm in all next week, uh, Monday through Friday. I will be doing uh, a special show with Carol Kane on Monday. Uh, so she'll be in here 9 to noon with me on Monday. And we got we got some politics. we got two big political guests uh, from the, the mayor of Milwaukee's. Uh, office uh, Mayor Cavalier Johnson will join us, and also Attorney General of the State of Wisconsin Josh Call. Um, so that's Monday. So next week, kind of a normal Monday through Friday lineup, and then I'm off Christmas, the day after Christmas, and that Wednesday, and then I'm working Thursday and Friday. We we may you know switch that a little bit depending on my availability, but we'll see how that goes. But I will be off Monday and Tuesday for sure, and um, that will be. I can tell you right now is going to be sort of a a year in review wrap up, looking ahead. And I'm, I'm going to lay out sort of some of the changes I want to make on this program going forward. As, as I talked about with Joe and Bill earlier on uh, Political Power Hour, and thanks for all the kind words, for all the kind words from all of you who uh, tune in every Friday for that hour. Um, that's actually a model for what I'm going to do with the show in the future. You will see uh, those kinds of hours in the world of the legal system, Court decisions, obviously it's a big year for Donald Trump next year and uh, the state of Wisconsin when it comes to legal decisions by our own Wisconsin Supreme Court. Uh, I'm going to have a day, and these days are still to be determined. The only thing that's going to stay is the uh, public safety hour on Wednesday with Annie Schwartz and the uh, political power hour on Friday. But I'm going to have a day leaning towards Monday where we're going to talk with a rotating panel of pretty high-credentialed journalists about not only what happened the week before, but what is coming in the week ahead and how they approach those stories, 
uh, what their reporting is showing them or telling them. And sort of a, um, I called it this when I was talking to one of these individuals last week, um, and I've got about 12 already, so there, there may have been a bigger number. We'll rotate them out so you, they don't have to be uh, on every week. But every week, two journalists talking about the big stories. But it's it's my effort to push back strongly against sort of the war on newspapers and journalists. I've talked about this before. It sickens me, absolutely sickens me, that some people, not all, would prefer a world where our news comes from TikTok and elected officials. And as somebody who's familiar with TikTok, I'm not on it, and knows elected officials pretty well, that's not a reality that should be shared first off, and two, is worthwhile or worth our time. And I don't want to see a future media environment where journalists are disrespected because they already are, or news, newspapers disappear. There's a value in newspapers, and that's why we're going to at least part of that time talk about that angle. We have television journalists. We have some big national reporters as well. Uh, so that's going to be part of it. Dan Schaefer will stick around. My friend Christian Snyder. Those two political-leaning columnists and authors will be part of our show. So that's kind of going to be the 9 o'clock hour next year as we face what is going to be a very big election. I, I'm hesitant to use the biggest election ever because we could say that every time. But there's a lot of stuff, for lack of a better term, that's going to happen next year, from Trump trials to local races, state races, and beyond. So that's sort of a a preview of what I'm going to be talking about next, or not next week, but the week after, in that shortened uh, final week of 2023. So that is something to look forward to. As always, you will be welcome as part of our show. A lot of people sending some nice words about Jeff. Jeff will read all those. He'll be in studio in a half hour. And we're going to take my show right up to noon, and then we'll do the news with Connie Weber, and then Jeff will take over, and uh, we'll go from there, and I'll be listening, and, and I know a lot of people will be as well. Um, that is something that makes me both sad and excited for Jeff and Fran, his wife, because, um, like I said before, a lot of friends of mine have retired. It's a great time. You've worked a long time in, in different jobs, some of you, and some one job, and if you're in good health, you can travel. You can, as Jeff and Fran do, play golf or do all the fun things, go down to Key West, which they both love, and listen to all the Jimmy Buffett you want to, when you want to. So uh, I guess my, well, I'll have some final thoughts as we wind down my show today, but um, I'm excited for Jeff and Fran and uh, what lies ahead, because he's got a, uh, he's still a young man and he's got a bright future, whatever that future is, whether that's full retirement or whatever he makes out of it. We'll take another break here. After the break. I really can't stay. But baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. But baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been been hoping that you so drop in. very nice. God, I remember doing hours on the show, and Jeff did too, about the, the controversy of the song and how the man in the song was mistreating the woman in the song. And you know what? Different era, certainly a different context, but we're gonna play it anyway. All right. So speaking of relationships between men and women, made a good segue for my. My uh, next segment, short segment, but I, I, I thought it illustrated something that I've been talking about for a while. As much as we try to erase the differences between men and women, there are differences between men and women. Obvious differences, of course, physical differences for the most part. But one of my favorite websites, and I've said this before, is studyfinds.org. Easy to find. It's literally in the name, studyfinds.org. And it has all kinds of surveys and um, research about a lot of different things. 
And I saw this one, and I, I said, I'm going to talk about this briefly on the show Friday. And here's the headline. Surprising number of men and women, men, comma, women, open to multiple partners or spouses. I thought, okay, I'm intrigued. I'll, I'll read it. Uh, the first line, first sentence of the story. So much for monogamy. A new study by researchers from the UK revealed that a third of men, third of men, so almost 33%, and one in ten women are open to having more than one romantic partner at the same time. I am not surprised. Why do we need a survey to tell us that? That's not shocking or surprising. Men, that's how men are. Now, does that mean women are perfect? No. I often say women are smarter than men, and on this, they probably are. But again, nothing's perfect. No situation is perfect. But when you think about this, and this was done in the UK, but I mean, we can certainly take some stock from what they are looking and talking about. And none of this is new, shocking, groundbreaking. And the reason I say that is because I'm a big fan of those, you know, I think it's Finding Your Roots programs, and and there's some other ones like it, where they, they look at the ancestral history of the stars or celebrities, and almost to a person, they go back a couple generations, who they thought was their grandfather was not their grandfather. Who they thought was their grandmother was not their grandmother. It's like a hodgepodge because what they find out when they do that thing is, yeah, they cheated on their spouse. Even 100 years ago, even 200 years ago, or however far back you want to go. This is not surprising. It's how men are wired. Maybe this is just built into the uh, the DNA of men or, or the essence of what a guy is because of what happened millions of years ago as man was... Evolving? I don't know. What do you think, Charlie? I mean, polyamory, I feel like, is becoming more popular among younger generations. Perhaps. Yeah. But I don't know. When when you say multiple spouses, it it makes me think of, like, the reason we admitted Utah to the Union is because (laughs) they got rid of polygamy. So I'm just kind of... Yeah. So the the results don't surprise you, though. The the way men think, the way women think. Yeah. I feel like the women one could be higher, but... Well, that's the UK. Maybe it's higher here. If you have a thought on this very important topic, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I'm just... It, to me, it, it demonstrates what I've been talking about. There are distinct differences between men and women. No one's perfect. Not judging. I'm just saying this is what their numbers show. They uh, interviewed and, and researched with 393 heterosexual men and women and found this difference, this gender difference in the results. Men... 33% of men said, yeah, I'm open to it. Only 11% of women. Not shocked, not surprised, not groundbreaking. We'll take a break. After the break, I always look forward to this because uh, producer Adam Roberts, journalist Adam Roberts, does a great job with the uh, Weekend Review. We're going to do that for you. It's the voices, the stories, some of the fun stuff that Adam puts in there. Adam Roberts is his Weekend Review, sponsored, of course, by, that's coming up next, Outdoor Living Unlimited. That's next. Grandma got run over by a reindeer Walking home from our house Christmas Eve Sort of a sad uh, Christmas theme song. Say there's no such thing as Santa Oh, yes, there is. But as for me and Grandma I would say it's morbid more than sad. <laughs> it's morbid, yes. But I think Grandma's okay. And hopefully your Grandma's okay because we are getting ready to launch into the real holiday season. Next week is going to be full tilt Christmas. And and Carol and I, Carol Kane, everybody's favorite co-host, is joining me on Monday's show 9 to noon. 
And uh, we have a special segment. I don't even know if she's listening. She'll hear it for the first time. And it's, I know Charlie's working on some slick production work for this thing. <laughs> giving him more I'm giving the, the, I'm giving him more work, the great producer of the WTMG Now program. More work on his shoulders, his well-dressed shoulders today. He's got a really coiffed hair, got the suit on, got the tie on. He's ready for uh, whatever, whatever comes his way. Um, so I'm thinking about in the, uh, I, I don't want to say for sure, but like 10 o'clock hour. Carol and I are going to do a segment call, and this is where we need your help. What do you really want for Christmas? I don't want the world peace, and you know, not, those are all great things, and uh, you, know, uh, you want to win the lottery, all that stuff. Just something material. Uh, Vince talked, Vince Vachano was in studio earlier, and he talked about uh, a new golf bag and new golf clubs, which knowing his style is about probably two grand, I would think, the, the bag and all the clubs he wants, driver. What would your thing be? And I'm gonna, I'll debut mine. And I'm, I've been the uh, lucky beneficiary of some great presents over time. My, my wife, Kathy, surprised me a couple of years ago with a trip to France, which we went on last December, and it, w- it blew us away, including Normandy, which I've, I've told people this on the show before. If you ever get a chance to go, go to Normandy and check it out. And some friends of ours are doing that very thing uh, this year. So uh, think about it. Start writing those things down. What do you really want for Christmas? We all want world peace. We all want a... Uh, uh, everyone to be comfortable financially and our happy lives and long lives. But give me just the goofy ones and then make the argument. And here's the, the twist on this. You say your name, just your first name, and encourage your family, friends, whoever is going to gift you to listen on Monday. 10 o'clock hour. You should listen to the whole show, as I often say. But 10 o'clock hour, what do you really, really, really want for Christmas? All right. One of the things we do every week on the program is the always popular, uh, one of our journalists, our great producers, Adam Roberts, uh, puts this thing together. And today is no different. Here it goes. School shuttering in Kenosha, a DEI about face in Madison, Jeff Wagner's last ride, oh yes, and more. It's the Week in Review brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back back, back in the day. sense anything like this coming during the week or no not at all that's why it's disappointing we've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas a multi-state police chase ended with a crash in waukesha county today yet an incident with a state trooper kenosha racine and milwaukee law enforcement agencies and then state patrol and police here chased him near orthopedic associates of wisconsin where his car was pitted and he was taken into custody five elementary schools and one middle school will close in kenosha under a plan approved by the kenosha unified school board as superintendent i'd love to talk about how we're expanding programs and opportunities for our students and families, but that's not our situation today. Kenosha Unified is the third largest district in the state. If it happens to us, it's going to happen to other districts. It's just a matter of time. I appreciate when we got a nice facility to go sit there and watch our children do what they do. That said, boy, I remember growing up, we didn't have all sorts of nice stuff, and we got a great education. Three initial no votes on the proposal from Saturday swung over to the yes side in the second vote on Wednesday. 11 yes, 6 no. 
The motion carries. We need to be able to make compromises with the legislature that controls a lot of our funding, and we will continue to do that. Should it happen that in a future election, Democrats become the majority party? I wouldn't be surprised if they want to roll back the DEI section of the compromise. A new development in the Northridge Mall saga. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reporting that Black Spruce Enterprises has put the property up for sale for $2 million. You also have $2 million in past property taxes and other judgments that you've got to clean up. Here comes the exclamation. Flushes it through. How about a clean 64 for the great freak? But it was not all sunshine and rainbows following the Bucks' 140-126 to 126 win. The game ball went missing. It was Oscar Shibwe's first official NBA point. We were not thinking about Giannis's franchise record. I have the ball, but I don't know if it's a game ball. It doesn't feel like a game ball to me. I feel like I'm talking about like uh, like the JFK conspiracy at this point. (laughs) There's a lot of different ideas, which direction the ball was flying. There had to be a second ball. Right. But hey, that's just a theory. One guy's balls are different than another guy's balls. I want to get to some breaking news right now. On the day that the House is expected to officially open an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden, his son Hunter Biden, deeply involved in a lot of the conversations about that is addressing reporters on Capitol Hill right now. I'm here. I'm ready. In the shadow of the Capitol Dome, the president's son told reporters Republicans have presented his father's love for him in a dark light. They have no shame. They are trying to make me an escape code. That freaking song that you just <laughs> had on this morning, that group of kids singing jingle bells, it's got to be one of the worst jingle bell songs I've ever heard. And most of those choirs suck. (laughs) (laughs) Children! It's ridiculous that in this day and age you gotta slap some crap on like that for people to actually have to listen to. Thank you. Thank you. That's the end of that call. Thank you, you bye boom now more 100 percent usda approved prime conversation with jeff wagner firm but with little give i cannot thank you enough it has been that great getting to know you it's great to be able to call you a teammate congratulations thank you for 25 great years on wtmj radio congratulations jeff thank you we are at St. Kate's in downtown Milwaukee celebrating Jeff Wagner. And since all of these people know Jeff, I'm sure they know all of his Wagnerisms, right? Wagner's rule of life number two, nothing good happens outside a strip club at 2 a.m. Nothing good ever happens outside of this. Strip club. Yeah, strip club. Unless you like strippers. Who are the people that helped you the most? I've given a lot of credit to my first general manager, you know, John Schweitzer, who I I always say thanks for hiring me and thanks for not firing me in the first couple years. The Department of Justice is... Closed for the moment, but maybe open sometime in the future. Who knows? What a week. Politically incorrect and proud to admit it. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Oh, the great work of Adam Roberts and all the voices and stories. And yeah, the Jeff thing, I'll have some final thoughts after the next break. But it, it is amazing to me as somebody who listened to Jeff on and off over the years and then, then came to WTMJ. I was somebody that Jeff actually went after once because I, writ a, I wrote a piece for the, uh, the Journal Sentinel uh, on gun violence. And he went after me. But that's what Jeff does. He's direct and honest. He has a thought and he, and he expresses it to you in a very thoughtful and smart way and that's the brilliance of jeff wagner uh, i got a lot of thoughts on but a lot of uh, from a lot of texts i'm just going to give a little snapshot of some of the things we talked about today um steve thank you we are a newspaper family we can't be in a world where journalists lives are in danger i absolutely echo those thoughts i'm I mean, frankly embarrassed by some people that i have actually friends with and, and uh, respect 
There are cheap shots at journalists, uh, name-calling, targeting one journalist in particular, mainly women, by the way. Stop doing that. It's not a good look for you, and it's certainly not a good look for whatever movement or organization you're part of. Um, we talked about the uh, the gender difference between, oh, well, let's just say uh, playing around uh, from the 414. I'm not sure I'd buy this statistic if people actually had as much sex as they talk about. The clinics would be packed more than, and they picked a restaurant chain, which I'm not going to link to that story. Uh, I Some people took me up on an early, early, what do you really want for Christmas? Uh, Steve, I want quality time with my kids this Christmas as my daughter was diagnosed with cancer this past year. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, Mike and Marquette, a brand new Rolls Royce ghost. I'll never afford one, but maybe Santa could help me out. How about that? That would be a nice gift. I will announce mine. As I said, Carol Kane will join me on Monday's program, 9 to noon. America's favorite co-host, Carol Kane. And uh, we'll have some big guests, the fun we always have. Maybe somebody will... Pop in and surprise us as well. That's all coming up Monday. All right, after the break, my thoughts on the final day of the one, the only Jeff Wagner, my teammate and friend here at WTMJ. And then we'll hand it off to Mr. Wagner for three hours of going to be some fun stuff, and I'm sure there's going to be some uh, teary eyes as well. We'll find out. Will he cry, I guess is the big question. <laughs> we'll find out. Yes, I am a pirate. 200 years too late. Very appropriate last song for me today, and I'm sure you hear a lot more Jimmy Buffett coming up in the next three hours. Jeff Wagner's final show, which I'm looking forward to listening to. And um, I used the term before, and a lot of a lot of the uh, the texters said that's exactly right. My my words for Jeff Wagner are, are two things: direct and honest. And as somebody who's I've lived a, a pretty long life and hadn't done a lot of interesting jobs, it is. Um, it's a take that I don't say about a lot of people because there's a lot of BS in the world and we have a lot of people that do things they shouldn't do and all of that. But if you want to have an intelligent conversation with someone about almost any topic, could be cultural, political, entertainment, sports, whatever, uh, Jeff Wagner is one of those guys that you could do that. And for 25 years on this station, you are allowed to do that. And one of the texters said it before, maybe it was, the, maybe it was Mike the, on, the, on the call, um, it was a civil conversation which, frankly, we don't have enough of. doesn't mean we don't get heated. doesn't mean we don't get passionate about things. We all do. But um, there's a difference, and I think there's a standard that we have here at WTMJ, which Jeff Wagner has not only maintained but improved upon. Uh, that voice will be missed. Now, he's going to have as much fun as he wants to have. He's going to be enjoying golf courses around the, around the country probably and some great vacations with his lovely wife, Fran, and I had a great uh, talk with her on um, – Wednesday night at his retirement party at St. Kate's. Classic Fran, she's asking about me. I'm asking about what their retirement is, but she's asking about you know how I'm doing. I'm fine. I'm good. I love my job. But you know, there's there's a few people that do this in our in our market. And Jeff Wagner is is that standard that you a lot of people aspire to, but they don't really meet. And I learn something about this job every day and I try to do the best job I can, but I'm not Jeff Wagner. Uh, so we he will be he, he'll be missed here. His voice is just one of the best. He's somebody that knows what he's talking about, which is so refreshing. I'll miss that. And as I as I go away for this week, I'll still be back Monday, and and I'll be I'll be shocked and surprised if Jeff Wagner can get through, through three hours today with not getting a little choked up because I'm getting choked up and I'm not going anywhere. So it's it's a it's a great day at WTMJ. We're celebrating somebody, not just sending them off. And as Jeff often says, he's not going out with one of those legal boxes. <laughs> 
which unfortunately a lot of people in this industry have to do. He's going out on his terms the way he wants to with 25 years of excellence. Honored beyond belief, recognized by listeners, appreciated by all the fans of of his show and WTMJ. That's rare. That's awesome. And I'm uh, proud to call him a, a teammate and a friend, and I will miss him as he goes off on his merry way. But he's not done yet. He's got three hours of program to do, and I will be listening, as I'm sure all of you will be as well. Happy retirement, Jeff Wagner. You will be missed.